I know and believe that my purpose is to change the lives and the narrative of adopted and foster girls, I did my entire life. Like my legacy of life will reflect that. Welcome back to the You Need a Counselor podcast. This is a show presented by Heart and Solutions Counseling Agency. We release new episodes every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central and encourage you to batch up that laundry, put away the dishes, plan for the week ahead, or do any other task that might seem daunting while you give our show a listen. You might just be encouraged to call your therapist, connect with this week's guest, or seek out those services you've been considering for a while but haven't made the commitment to yet. If you are in the state of Iowa and are in need of mental or behavioral health counseling, give us a call at 1-800-531-4236. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to You Need a Counselor podcast. My name is Dr. Julie Johnson. I'm the president and founder here at Heart and Solutions in Iowa. So if you're looking for counseling services anywhere in Iowa, give us a call. And I'm Krista Hunt. I am one of our vice presidents at Heart and Solutions in charge of our behavioral health department, where we work with children on behaviors. And this is our podcast, You Need a Counselor. So we are designed for people curious about counseling, but have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling, good, bad, and indifferent, and spread the message that everyone can benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services. So our guest today joins us from Atlanta, Georgia, and she is a return guest. So uh, if you are like me and you listen to her episode and you randomly will have the phrase always accepted, never rejected, pop into your head since you listened to it, you remember Danielle Porter's interview. Um, So Danielle is uh, originally from Chicago resides in Atlanta, Georgia now. Um, her, her degree was in business marketing. She had a great career in corporate sales, lived that corporate life, and then uh, decided to change courses a little bit. Um, she founded the uh, You Go Girl Leadership Institute. Um, and this is a place where uh, foster uh, children Uh, adopted children, uh, but really any girl, any girl is given opportunities for growth, for leadership learning, uh, for community and for connection uh, and being able to gather and put together and build from those resources within their community. So uh, we are very, very excited to have Danielle back here with us today. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm grateful to be here. I said earlier, this is my golden girls moment that I can have today of self-care. So thanks for having me again, y'all. Thank you. Yes. So please remind anybody, uh, what is You Go Girl Leadership Institute and what are some of the things that you do there? Yes. So during uh, the intro Dr. Julie shared, it actually, instead of I changed course, the courses kind of merged. So I'm still in corporate America and still for You Go Girl, but You Go Girl truly is um, 
a mission to change the narrative for adopted and foster girls. Um, I think I shared before, and I think it still is apparent today, there is a perception that leads prior to someone getting to know the adopted, fostered, or kinship-raised girl, and we want to support her story. So that is through equipping them with different uh, education resources, giving them space to grow and have vocabulary for their stories, even for the community to just become more and more aware of girls that are just like everyone, uh, but they just have something special with their story. So that's our mission. Can you explain what a kinship race girl is? I've never heard that. Yes, absolutely. So one of my friends is actually a kinship girl and she was like, she asked the same question and I was like, basically, so a kinship girl um, is a young lady that was raised by family members or family friends um, that was not processed legally through the system of adoption or foster care. However, they were not raised by their biological parents. And so uh, kinship is still under that, that umbrella that someone else saw it necessary to raise you and give you um, a better life. So it's a lot more of us than we think. Thanks for that. Absolutely. I had not heard that term either, but as you're describing it, so many people are popping into my mind, people that might not have described themselves as adopted or uh, or in foster placement, but people who uh, are still uh, maybe experiencing some of those similar uh, experiences. So very cool. What a great way. And again, I mean, your your mission is all about inclusivity and yeah. education. And so, yeah. uh, you know, you just educated Chris and I as well on that. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Someone educated me. So <laughs> it just goes. Wonderful. So, uh, you know, last time we talked, we didn't get to talk about, we talked a lot about your organization and the different programs you do. And we thought we got to have her back because <laughs> we want to hear too about your personal story. And yeah. I remember you were saying that one of the things that you had learned um, and were continuing to work on doing is when you tell your story, not editing your story for other yeah. people, not trying to make other people feel comfortable by changing the narrative or editing the story or trying to explain yourself in the story, but really letting your story be exactly what it is, no matter who you're telling it to. And I just thought yeah. that that was so powerful. And so we'd love to hear your experience and your story. Yes. So it's amazing. I'm getting chills that, that you asked that because since our last talk, um, you go girl, God has led me to a season of rest. And that has actually put you go girl on a pause for operation. And a part of not editing that, I felt the need to still explain to people um, what that was and why we're taking a break. But I'm just learning so much peace and grace that comes with rest. Um so that's one piece. I just, I don't know, I felt the need to, to share that. But my personal story, so I was raised, I was I was given, my mother, my biological mother gave birth to me. And it's so amazing. I know this story now, but my mom was uh, pregnant with me, her cousin. They would meet one another um, at different family events, maybe Christmas, um, but nothing too hectic and major. But when they saw one another, my biological mom, she would, you know, and shout out to all the pregnant moms out there, but, you know, she would just share like she's tired or whatever. She was aching the feels that came along with being pregnant. 
And she would always refer to me, to my to her cousin at that time, your your girl Danielle, your baby Danielle is is putting so much work on me, has me tired. And her cousin at that time, she would always be like, take care of my baby, take care of my baby. And so they would just do that back and forth and like not thinking of anything of the future. And lo and behold, June 9th, 1994, uh, came along and my mom and her cousin, uh, she got a phone call from uh, Cook County Hospital and was like, hello, ma'am, um, we have a, a lady here, share my mom's name. And she says, you have a baby girl here. And my mom, uh, she says she just jumped up left the house, told her husband, I got to go pick up a girl and, and just left and left. She took her um, aunt, who was my uh, great aunt, to the hospital with her. And she loves to say the story. It took four. She heard me through four doors. She didn't know it was me, but she said she just heard a baby, what she thought was like crying or just being in pain. And she was like, they got to take care of that baby when she made it to me. It was me that was making all that noise, but I was so just happy and glad. And so to summarize it, they never discussed um, my mom and raising me or since choose an adoption for my life. But I just find it so prophetic that they would speak that about me. And, it, you know, they just never decide. And I always ask my mom, like, did you have any fear? You just jumped up like there was no. And it was like, you know, not sharing all of her story, but at that time she was in, she knew that that was her saving grace. And so she came and every step of the way, she included my mom, Cynthia. Um, I saw her as often as I needed to. Um, so yeah, I just, I grew up knowing my biological mother, my biological si siblings, and yeah, it's really a blessing. Wow. So from the time you were born, did you know that was, was your biological mom? Do you remember having that yep. conversation with your mom? I do. I do. And yeah, not to edit. So my again, my mom, she, my mom that raised me, she would always speak of my mom in such a good way. Like, so I never perceive, and that's also why I believe I never perceive adoption to be something so negative. I just knew that this is my mom that raised me. This is what the plan that was chose for me. And I'm still around the people that chose it. So I didn't feel like I lost anything. I think once I became kind of like maybe six, seven, um, and, you know, I had family members that just were not educated, family friends that were not educated. And they would, again, I think it made them uncomfortable. So they would want to dial out real mom versus the mom that did X, Y, and Z. But I'm so appreciative. Both of my moms never, one, never made me feel uncomfortable for loving each other freely in an open space, in a family dynamic with extended family. And second, they never spoke badly about one another. So even if I had moments of questioning, like, oh, this is only happening to me, I never looked at them differently as women in my life. So yeah, I did always know. Wow. That's, it's so, uh, prophetic you know yeah. <laughs> that this, that yeah. these conversations were happening and it was just it it you know I I believe that those things are supposed to happen and exactly that they, they happen exactly as they're supposed to happen and uh what a beautiful start to living in the world <laughs> to right? come in and and have so this nice. plan so you know so strong from the start um that's just beautiful 
And so when, when you had family members who would, you know, use the term real mom and, uh, and I, I have that a lot, actually, my daughter asked me that one time and she said, (laughs) you know, and I, and I, you know, in children, I totally get it because they don't have the language for it. They don't understand what to say. And this isn't only adopted children, kinship children, um, foster children. We're not the only ones that have these challenges. Blended families have these challenges. So true. Uh, You know, where it's like, well, this is my stepmom, but in some ways that feels weird to even call a stepmom a stepmom because they are your mom, right? And so uh, being able to have the language for that, and a lot of people don't have the language for that. What are, now you've referred to uh, your bio mom. So you've said bio mom, you said adopted mom or just mom. Um, What are there other words that um, people can kind of try on and see how that feels? Yeah, I think, I think you said, yeah, very much tried on. Now I was raised by old fashioned Mississippi woman. So it was going to be mom. <laughs> it was going to be for both of my moms. And I think in uh, sharing my story, I make sure um, so people can understand who I'm speaking of when I say my mom that adopted me and my mom that uh, birthed me. But to this day, if either call is mom. So I think, yeah, just try on mom or biological mom, or even if you're, I've come around people that are just now meeting one another in this lifetime, try the first name, see how that goes. And I think that at least for me, the level of of endearment, if it will grow, it will, and that'll just flow out of you. But I think, um, yeah, I think just be open, just be open to not just the definition. This is my, you know, biological. I think, let me say this, stay away from real and fake. Cause I think that just takes away, um, yeah, the value that every person brought. Cause again, like it wasn't just, you know, my mom, it, it birthed me out. So yeah, we're choosing adoption. And that was it. Like my mom had to choose that too. So every, every single person played their part in that. So I think stray away from real and fake. Um, yeah. Parents. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know when we talked last, you had talked about how you had a great counseling experience and we're in the process of trying to refine a counselor. Um, I don't remember if we got into too much detail about your previous counseling experience. Do you want to start with that? Yes. Yes. So like I mentioned earlier, a part of this resting journey, which I'm so grateful for, um, that, that included also getting a counselor. So um, I did utilize my EAP, which is Employee Assistance Program um, that my company offered for me. So it was a number of sessions that will be covered. And uh, they also just gave us different resources, who to look for. Um, and I shared before, I love to filter. I wanted a Black counselor, counselor excuse me, that could understand my experiences that were unique yeah. to me. And also one um, that understood that my belief in God was something prior is a priority for me as well. And so I searched and I found, and I have to say, I have a counselor. Um, now I haven't talked to her in about a couple of weeks, but you know, we're, we're going to get there, but I definitely, I definitely have been um, in my sessions with my counselor and it's been, I'm, I don't know if you guys were going to go into this, but it's been a, before even, I guess the work of what I have to work on in therapy has came through. I think it's been a work to 
just get comfortable with a therapist or with this new um, avenue that I'm walking on to receive help, one, to, you know, not expect an answer in every session or not expect that there is a perfect answer. I think that part has been the most work before we even get to whatever other work. So, but I'm, but I'm grateful for it. I'm very grateful for it. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, really congratulations. It is, it is a challenging process. Yes. It can be an emotionally draining process. It can be a time consuming process. And what you have done is you've, you've taken the time you Nobody has the time to do this stuff. You have created the time by setting boundaries on other things and being able to say, I'm going to be intentional about doing that unapologetically. I deserve to take a break. I deserve to focus my energy and attention on myself. And uh, so you were able to do that. You made the time uh, and then you were clear on what you wanted and what you needed. And, uh, and that can sometimes be discouraging for people because it's like, I want that. How do I find that person? Uh, But the more clear we can be, the easier it's going to be to find that person uh, and to, to recognize when it's not that person. So I think that is such a beautiful share and so inspiring for hey, everybody else. Congratulations. Thank on that. you. Thank yeah. you. And then I love what you're saying about setting the expectation, doing the work of setting the expectation and redefining that expectation before you yeah. even get into the goals that you're setting for this, for counseling, uh, because receiving help is hard. You are a woman on a mission. I mean, you are, you have things to do. You've got people to help. You've got people that uh, you're in community with that rely on you. And so, especially for those of us in that situation, receiving help is work. It is work. And, and then setting the expectations on, yeah, I, I'm not going to be disappointed if I don't get the answer at the end of the session. If I don't get that perfect answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to, I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off. And I have to really give a a testament. You kind of said it to my village. I'm, I'm very blessed to have a friend who's also a counselor and I'll be trying to watch how I act because I'm like, I'm not going to pay you girl. But you know, she kind of had to help me and, and disarm me with that. Like Danielle, this, don't go in there and think she's going to read you and this answer, this answer, this answer, or, you know, she just really like helped me normalize the, all the feelings that I was had. And also just took off expectations that I think when you read a book about therapy, you expect, or what we've seen on TV shows, how it's supposed to go. So I'm really grateful to have a friend that brought me down to a level. And she was like, it's going to be great. Like calm down. Like, okay. Yeah. Having, having, heard that from somebody who knows and then having experienced it yourself what 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 have you learned from that experience that you would pass on to somebody who might be starting counseling yes 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 so I would like you said I would stick to you your your must-haves and I think I was sharing even um one of my male friends um my black male friends do not feel 
bad if you do, you know, you want certain parameters or, you know, whatever that consists of. I think we feel like, well, I shouldn't ask for this. I should be. No, this is time literally for you. It's not for anyone else, anything else like this is for you. So so know your must haves. Um, and I think maybe it's a catch 22. Bring whatever you're feeling at that moment of the session to the table, but be encouraged that you have the whole table. Like if this is going well with you and your therapist, there are going to be sessions after sessions. And I think for me, what that has helped me to even like in between our sessions, if she did not like give me homework or feedback to think through, wow, I have something I can be chewing on. Like if I didn't get a moment to bring that up in that session, or like you said, it became a little emotionally drained. Like this is an opportunity that I can think through this, that I can write through this. Or like I said, on the first part of it, if I'm feeling it right now, hey, if you don't have an answer or we don't come to a place, I do want to get this off because if anything, I think what I'm just so grateful, I can just talk. I can just talk. <laughs> so yeah, I share that for sure. So you mentioned these specific things you were looking for in a counselor. How was that process of finding that counselor? Did you have to meet with a few first or was the one that you met with the one that you kept going to? Yeah, so I'm one of those and and yeah, I get discouraged after keep looking and trying and trying and I'm like, so I'm not gonna lie, I did like research, I set up my um, my filters and then I saw the availability and I'm not gonna lie, I just prayed and said, Lord, if it's her, let it be her. And honestly, yeah, and I just stuck with her and I kept going um, with her. And I mean, that even included like her age, like I wanted... I personally, that's why I said the Golden Girls reference. You guys are not definitely Golden Girls. Let me say that. But I enjoy like, <laughs> I enjoy receiving from mature women. Like I like that, that does my, my vessel well. So, and she didn't shy from that in her experiences. And so, yeah, I stuck with her. I stuck with her. And so when you set your filters, were you using psychology today or were you using a different search? Yes. So again, my job, since they offered the EAP, it also came with the resource Spring Health. So with Spring Health, um, you can even, and this was also important for me on top of what I've already stated, I wanted a counselor that also took my insurance once the EAP classes had passed and was no longer covered. So Spring Health was very easy. And I love about Spring Health, um, maybe it's every quarter, maybe every other month, they check in just to see how you are doing and where you are. Um, and I believe I have to update, make sure, but I believe they were able to give even more resources, say if I didn't have um, a not so good experience. Um, so I enjoy Spring Health a lot. Yes, yes. Wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, that EAP service is so beneficial. And EAPs yes. are so underutilized. Uh, Agreed. It, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things sometimes that you hear about at orientation, and then it just never, you know, yeah. it's like, you yeah. just don't. And so I, I love talking about EAPs, because they are so useful. And I yeah. love that you pointed out, ask for somebody who accepts your insurance, because when yes. those three or six or however many sessions you have, you want to be able to keep going. Uh, I yeah. made that mistake actually when last year uh, I started with counsel, loved her. 
Uh, And she didn't accept my insurance. And so, yes, asking beforehand is such a great tip. Um, And, and yeah, I love that, you know, not every EAP is going to have a filter where you can select like, nope, Mm -hmm. I want this person. I want that. Uh, And so ask them, you can ask them and they will help you sort through. Uh, So that is wonderful. Um, Psychologytoday.com also, they're not a sponsor, but oh my gosh, if they would be, yes, please let's do that. Um, And they, they are amazing because you can search by your zip code, in-person telehealth, and you can say, no, I want an Asian counselor. I want a female counselor. I want a male counselor. I want them. And you can see their photos and you can see videos of them. uh, And you can say, I want religious focus or not religious focus and, uh, and how helpful that is. So I'm so glad that your EAP had that tool available. Same, same. And I also want to highlight what you said about not being embarrassed or ashamed to ask for those non-negotiables. You know, when we think about looking for a place to live, if I'm looking to rent an apartment or rent a house or buy a house, I know, okay, well, there's five of us in this family. I need at least four bedrooms, right? There's there's five of us in this family. I need at least two bathrooms. And I want a fenced in yard because I have a dog, right? And just all of these things that we are like, we don't feel bad asking for that in a house. If we're looking for a car, I want high gas, uh, you know, mileage. I I want low Mm -hmm. fueling costs. I want an electric car. You know, we don't feel bad asking for those things when it comes to a house or a car or clothing. But when it comes to counseling, a lot of times we do have that feeling. So I love that you're highlighting, don't feel bad about that. Go in get exactly what it is that you need because you know best what you need. Yes, exactly. And I want to say really quick to that point, it dropped in my spirit. Also don't feel bad because I think the assumption is having all those parameters or filters, it makes the problem that you have, like I'm this much of a problem. Like it makes it so much bigger. And the reality is like, you know how succinct you have to be served right? Like all of us have like for myself at that time, I was, I was an entrepreneur, also a corporate bay single, you know, all of this was happening. No, I know how I need to be served. So I just want to say it does, knowing those things doesn't mean you're this bigger of a problem. It just means, you know, how succinct you need to be served. So, yeah. Absolutely. And you've mentioned a couple times that you're on like a resting period um, from doing you go girl stuff. Can you talk about what kind of led to that and how you knew it was a good time for that? Yes. So here's vulnerability. <laughs> so actually, right after our um, last call, we had the you go girls leadership um, co- um Leadership Institute, excuse me, College Readiness Conference. So this was our first in-person conference um, here in Atlanta, Georgia. We usually have virtual. We had beautiful sign up for girls. I mean, everything and promotion we thought we could do um, happened. And the day of came, none of the young ladies showed up. And not only did none, it was it was pouring rain. Um, some of our panelists could make it. And to be honest, I felt very defeated. I felt very defeated. 
um, you know, just building up to that moment of like getting everything together, going to this school. And I recognized prior even to the event that I was tired. I recently moved into a new apartment. It was just a lot of moving pieces. And I think what we all do, but what I did, you know, we put a date on our rest. We're like, okay. I was like, after the conference, Danielle, we'll take a breather. We'll take a break. And when that happened, that none of the ladies showed up, I was so, I, again, just felt so defeated. And I think I took the three days that I had on PTO from my corporate job. And I just really had to think through everything. And through my conversation with God, I was so upset. I was like, because you go girl is what I love. I know I'm called to do that. I know, you know, that is my purpose. But um, as a believer, it was almost like, now God, if you said this, this is what's supposed to happen, that's not what occurred. And so I think the word that I said to him was like, God, this really hurts. And he said, you know, it hurts because you're not allowing me to heal you. And from that moment, I went to my team and I was like, because I recognized not only Danielle was tired, they were tired. And I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to rest for two weeks. And that's like us. We'll be like, okay, just a little bit. And, but during that time, um, we became each other's counselors and we had prayer calls and we had Bible studies and just checking in to see where one another was outside of you go girl and everything else. And it was so beautiful because the rest that we were experiencing and that we wanted more of. And so again, thinking I was leading it, God was like, yeah, no, we're resting for the year or at least until the last, because again, I was planning for a gal. Like it was so much on the calendar that I thought I had to be um, such a machine towards in order to please or pour out this purpose that's from my life and others. And to see, to be obedient to that and to rest, it has been such the most like liberating experience. Like I get emotional thinking about it because I think even if I'll just say us as women, like we know we have the power to carry it all, but to truly like choose a season or embrace a season that literally you don't have to do anything. I think I was even going to like my church counselors. I was like, so when you say don't do anything, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, Danielle, nothing. Like, and he wanted for rest for and so that's how we got there. And I'm so glad that I did. So glad that I did. Wow. So seeing those warning signs, but also recognizing it in the people around you yeah. and being able to make that, you know, normalizing that rest and yes. learning how to do that because resting is not a natural and I'll I'll say this and it's a stereotype but it's true for females resting is not natural yeah. even when yeah. I am on the couch watching princess diaries with my daughter my brain is working my it's brain so is working bad. it will not uh we were <laughs> we were out of town uh a couple weeks ago and we had a day we had two really really busy days and then we had a day where we didn't do anything and I because I was planning that I was like, okay, that's the day we're just going to rest and do nothing. And so I was right. going to watch some um, serial killer documentaries. And <laughs> so so I did that. And, uh, and I kept coming out into the living room where my husband and my daughter were. And I kept saying, am I wasting this trip? Am I wasting time? And they'd be like, 
no, be quiet. Like, go back in there. What are you doing? <laughs> and so my husband was like, you are terrible at relaxing. You're horrible at it. Yeah. Like, and so as soon as somebody says you're horrible at that, I'm like, I'm going to be the best relaxer you've ever seen. Um, you know, that was just my personality. And so, uh, but it, it really highlighted that, uh, that skill that it is to relax. It's a skill to relax and to fight through all of these, uh, messages that we've either told ourselves or that we've picked up along the way of, if I relax, then I'm not being purposeful. If I relax, then I'm not being useful. I'm not being of service. I am, uh, I'm wasting time or I'm wasting energy or I'm wasting resources. Uh, What does it say about me as a person? Am I a lazy person, right? Am I a person who doesn't care about all the stuff that needs to get done? Ah. Uh, And fighting through all of that is work. It is an intentional thing but it's so necessary and it is possible to do. Um, But oh my gosh, I I think just recognizing that it is hard to do. It is. It It is is hard. Mm -hmm. It is. And it was a feeling I recognized I had to sit with, like, why do I feel I need to, you know, like it is difficult. So I'm going to keep saying, because I think it wasn't, that was, April when that began and I don't think I started to really like flow it or let it flow until my birthday in June and it was such a again I mean even just to choose to sit in my own apartment it was such a like like you said all those messages and I don't know who wrote those messages in that book I don't know who said you got to have this done by this time because it's all a lie I'm here to tell y'all it's a hoax (laughs) It's a lie and it's and it's it does not serve anyone. We think, and again, as when we think it's serving, it's giving the best experience anyone around me can, but it is not serving because it's depleting every time we push that out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just get excited talking about rest. I'm like, everybody should rest. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, congratulations on Thank taking you. that rest, honestly. Like we congratulate people on all kinds of weird that like weddings, right? buying a house and all kinds of stuff. But, but congratulations on taking that time. That Thank is a you. huge accomplishment. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I can relate with the wanting to explain um, that, for example, I've got a small uh, wedding business where I officiate weddings. Oh, nice. And I, I love it. Like, it's so fun. Like those weekends are just, it's so fun. It's like the happiest day of these families day. You know, it, it's, yes. Awesome. Uh, at the same time, it's exhausting. <laughs> and so I had to, as they started to kind of build and I started to get more and more people asking if I would do it. Um, I had to say, I'm only, I'm only taking four per year. I, that is my max that I'm taking. I am not going to take any more than that because I will burn myself out on it and I won't like it anymore. And yeah. so then I have people contacting me like, hey, you could get way more bookings if you, you know, do this or do this or do this. And I'm like, no, thank you. You know, and I have to right. say no, thank you. But letting no thank you be enough is hard uh, yes. because I'll type out no, thank you. I'm really trying to limit it. I've got this and this and this going on. And I'm like, no, they don't care. Right? Like, and they don't right, need to know right. 
why it is that I'm saying, nope, I can't do your wedding. I'm sorry. Um, and then, and then being able to have kind of that backup of like, here are other people who do weddings in this area, you know, call them, call them. Um, and being able to have that in place, but being able to say, nope, I, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm not taking any more this year. Um, is it's hard. (laughs) So again, congratulations to you on doing that and not editing that, uh, that explanation, right. Not having to over explain all of that, but just being able to let it be that this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's something it's, it's, it's really, as as you were saying that, I think what encouraged me to stop editing is also the fact of like Danielle, because we get this, we go into this crisis. Like, even if you're like, okay, I'm going to rest, but you're to your point. If I don't do more than four, I won't get money or I won't like all of these, what could be that usually never actually happen. I just had to think about it. You know, Danielle, if I know and believe that my purpose is to change the lives and the narrative of adopted and foster girls, I get my entire life, like my legacy of life will reflect that. Like even, thank you, Lord, even choosing to rest is doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like it takes away the proving the part, the impressing part. So I think we just have to remember, it's hard But if you recognize what you are called to do in your purpose, trust that your entire life is going to show that. And I think it just releases that. And the second part when you said that, and I'll hurry up, is, again, it took into June, but I remember planning my birthday. So I went to Jamaica this year, and or I knew I wanted to go to Jamaica. And every year, I usually spend it with my best friends. I love them. They just, mm. and I was like, but I knew that I knew one that I was called to rest and I needed rest. And literally, you guys, I said it out loud. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna invite them to Jamaica. I should be good by then. And it was like, I stopped in that moment. Why are you, give again, giving a new checkpoint to when you'll be okay just to be around us, you know? like, And these are people I love, but it was like, why, Danielle, if that is where you are, my love, that is where you are. And to your point of not having to explain, like, I was like, hey, I'm going to Jamaica solo. And when and when I tell you the most beautiful, purest time I've had, like that, like now I'm going to make sure I do solo trips every year. But it was just such a, it just, again, another release that was off. Like, no, I'm enjoying it here. And I was still able to fill my cup. And the next weekend, my friends came for a pool party and it just still worked out. But yeah, if I employ us women, like if you feel selfish, feel it. Just be selfish because it's so much. I just think I'm a better woman and I think I, I know I'm loving myself better, you know? So yeah, just want to say that. Yes, I love that. And, you know, and when we do things like that, how many of our friends that we don't invite are like, oh, good, right? Like, yes, that yeah, would be yeah. fun, but like, oh my gosh, okay, that's like $3,000 right? we don't have to spend. And three, you know, right. like, how many of our friends are like, oh, thank you. Uh, no, <laughs> serious. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, too, I think that because your, your mission with you, Go Girl, uh, you're working with young women who have had attachment wounding uh, yeah. in a lot of situations. And um, and on this podcast, we've talked uh, 
fairly recently a lot about attachment styles that develop when we are children Mm -hmm. and how those attachment styles start. And so a lot of times we'll either see when there's an attachment wounding happening in childhood or early childhood, we'll see a disorganized attachment style or we'll see an insecure attachment style. And Mm -hmm. for those of us with an insecure attachment style, we need because we want the connection and we have associated that I need to do things to earn that connection because I don't feel secure in it. I feel insecure. And when I do something for somebody like a favor or I hang, I feel more secure because I've done something. Uh, And so when we've got that, and so you are, you're working with these young women who likely have that insecure attachment style um, or some part of it. And so for you to model for that entire community, I don't have to do these things to be worthy. I am worthy when I am at home alone in my apartment. I am worthy when I am taking a walk at two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, When you model, you're modeling that for your entire you go girl community. uh, And letting them see that, no, Danielle is no less worthy of community, no less worthy of connection, even if she's not doing things all the time. And that's beautiful for those young girls to see. Thank you. Thank you. You just blessed me. I received that. Thank you. That was good. Wonderful. We So we've got your quote here, too. And it's by Maya Angelou, who, oh my gosh, I just love. I feel like we have very similar taste in, I, you know, we were talking about your- I was your... going to say, we have to link up on a sidebar, but you know, yes. <laughs> and so um, we've got this quote from Maya Angelou, and it goes like this. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget- how you made them feel. And that is so beautiful. And Danielle, what yeah. does this quote mean for you in your life? It is such a, for me, I think it explains so much where insecure Danielle meets impactful Danielle. And I think when I first saw, I think I knew those feelings of like, man, they forgot that I said thank you, or man, they forgot. I was, it was 2 a.m. and I went to go pick them up. Like that, that occurred and I would get so frustrated that like I'm this type of person. And it was when I was serving with City Year Dallas and I saw that quote and it just stuck with me. And I think, again, it just encourages me like, Danielle, there are going to be things, everybody's not going to remember the big old party you threw or, or you in your mind, because again, that's us. But, you know, they, they may forget because we're humans. We They may forget what you said. They may forget what you, you know, um, did for them. But they are never. And thank you. It has always came back to me how I made someone feel like, Daniel, you have always been considerate of me or, you know, just just compliments that go far beyond that's a cute blouse is really has imparted on me. And I think. And I know in remembering that I am impactful, like insecurities of, man, they didn't remember what I said or did will just fade away. And it also keeps me in the aspect of keeping my character true, because I think, you know, naturally 
someone forgetting the will, the goodwill you've done towards them can hurt your feelings and you can feel like changing who you are. But it also, that quote reminds me to stay genuine in how I treat others because they're going to remember that. So yes, I miss Maya Angel. Love her. Love that quote. I love that. Great. Well, if you could give a suggestion to somebody on the fence about starting counseling, what would that be? Go. (laughs) (laughs) Go. But I also, so additionally, I'll add, um, if you have a friend or if you have someone in close proximity with you or influence that has gone in counseling or is a counselor, just, just pick their brain just a bit, you know, just a bit to, to kind of, like I said, disarm you from the experience if you've never had a session before. So, but definitely like just bet on yourself. I think that's also what therapy is, is betting on you that you are going to be supported regardless. Our family and friends are amazing, but they can only stretch so far. And so just making sure you got all the arms you can pull from, you know, we got a hairstylist, we got a, it's that pull from a therapist too. Everybody got you. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. It it really allows that to be more personal. When you hear from yes. your friend who you know is a friend, but you also know that they're a counselor, you know that counselors are people. Counselors have friends outside. Counselors have Strange. people they know from church, right? They're just people. Uh, right. And they're just, uh, you know, additional people who want to, to help you. So I think that's yeah. such great advice. And uh, thank you for all the inspiration and sharing your story with us. Uh, Thank you. A beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, so, if you are uh, interested in learning about You Go Girl, you can go to yougogirltoday.org to join the community. And uh, we would love to have Danielle back when You Go Girl uh, gets going again. And, yes. um But I, I just have to say, what, what inspirational role modeling it is to take that year off to take that time off that is one of the hardest things that a uh, high overachiever can do it is one of the absolute hardest things uh and it's it's very very inspiring that you are you're doing it it's not easy but you're doing it and you're doing it successfully thank you so much for sharing that with us thank you well i am danielle porter and i need a counselor And I'm Krista Hunt. And I'm Julie Johnson. And we need a counselor. So do you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the You Need a Counselor podcast. We are so grateful that you're here. Now we want to hear from you. Text us or give us a call at 515-650-3231. You can also find and connect with You Need a Counselor on Facebook and Instagram. If you've enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to like, review, or leave a comment as all of these things help others to find and benefit from the podcast as well. If you're in the state of Iowa and interested in mental health counseling or behavioral health intervention services, give us a call at 800-531-4236. And if you're a provider seeking play therapy CEUs, you can find us on patreon.com slash you need a training. We'll see you for the next episode Sunday at five.